Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. So today, what are we talking about? We're talking about a couple acronyms. CPUs, GPUs, TPUs. TPUs? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Okay. And this is going to be exciting because this is a realm that neither of us are by any means an expert in. So, uh, you know, take it all with a grain of salt. You're listening to Linear Digressions. Okay. CPU, Central Processing Unit. Yes. In other words, the thing that, at least as we imagined it back in the 90s, the thing that did all, all that was like the central hub for all of the calculations in a computer. Yeah, it's like the computer part of your computer where it does all the things. So this is obviously, we're, we're now talking about hardware right now, the actual chips that you do calculations on, whether they're on your laptop or on a server somewhere. And it, it's these acronyms um, or acronyms in general, it's kind of a bummer. They're, they're an encoding of what we called a thing at a particular point in time. So it's, it's kind of like um, Art Nouveau was new back when Art Nouveau was new, but after it was old, it wasn't Art Nouveau, but we still called it Art Nouveau. Um, that's how I think about CPU. No, actually, yeah, I, I, I guess in a sense, because these days, sometimes the central unit uh, that processes is not a CPU, it's something else. GPU, graphics processing unit. Yeah, well, so GPU, we haven't gotten all the way to, well, sure, let's just go talk about GPUs. Why are we even talking about this? So the reason that this stuff is relevant is that for certain types of machine learning tasks, most notably training deep neural nets, uh, the kind of hardware that you run it on can have a big impact on how easy uh, your algorithm is to train. And so the time that this comes up the most commonly is that CPUs are the kinds of regular workhorse chips that ship in your standard off-the-shelf laptop. GPU is a, as you said, a graphics processing unit. This is most commonly associated with gaming computers and ones where you have really heavy graphics components for some reason, but it turns out they're also really good for training neural nets. And so if you want to be training a super high-powered neural net, a GPU might be the way to go. Yeah, and and this kind of comes down to the very core idea that the... So usually when you're doing calculations on one of these chips, you're not really thinking about the underlying way that the chip is built. But it turns out that you can build a chip in multiple ways. And based on whether you build it this way, that way, or the other way, you're going to find that it's actually faster for certain for certain kinds of tasks and slower for other kinds of tasks. So CPUs are pretty good for... Uh, for your workhorse that does all sorts of different things. But it turns out when you are rendering graphics, if you have a dedicated chip that's built in a completely, in, in a different way, a different architecture, you can actually get 10x, 100x, sometimes even higher speed improvements in your rendering performance, which means either you can do things faster or you can do more complicated things at the same speed, or some balance of the two. Yeah, I would say, I would make a, a stronger argument for the former than the latter. So the, the rough idea here is that in, I'm not a huge expert in computer graphics rendering, so I'm going to use the, uh, the neural net. Uh, version of the argument. It's here. funny because we're we're exactly the opposite side of the same coin here. Because <laughs> like for gaming, you don't want to necessarily render a scene at a thousand frames per second because the human eye cannot perceive it. 
but you do want to render really complicated, complicated, uh, lush, beautiful models and etc. Oh yeah, but so but what I'm thinking about is that when you think about what goes into, well, again, I'm I don't know what goes into rendering an image, but I do know what goes into building a neural net. And building a neural net is basically a big uh, exercise in doing matrix multiplication. And matrix multiplication is not that complicated. Uh, It's got pretty strict rules of the game. It's, you know, kind of just like multiplication and addition. Like, there's not rocket science here. But you have to do it at a very large scale. So for something like one of these large, deep neural networks, there can be hundreds of thousands or even millions of parameters that you have to learn. And so what that means is that if what you're using is a CPU, a CPU is really good for... Um, it's quite flexible and it's flight quite fast, but it's a little bit more optimized for doing one thing at a time. It's a little bit more of a sequential uh, type architecture, whereas a GPU is much more designed for doing simpler things. It's not as flexible as a CPU is, but the things that it does do, it can do just boatloads of them. So there's a pretty good analogy that I found when I was researching this, and they said, imagine that what you're trying to do is make deliveries. A mm-hmm. CPU is kind of like having a Ferrari where it's going to be really fast, uh, but you're not going to be able to put that much freight into it. So um, if you need to just get a package from here to the other side of town as quickly as possible, a Ferrari is probably the way to do it. But a GPU is kind of like a semi-truck where... Right. It's not going to get from here to there nearly as quickly, but if what you need to do is move an entire house full of furniture or something, uh, it's going to be a lot faster in the truck. In fact, it might even be impossible in certain cases in the Ferrari, although that might be stretching the metaphor a little bit a little bit yeah. too far. And so, what this looks like when you're training neural nets is I read some I read some anecdote that Google. Uh, a few years ago, before GPUs were uh, as much of a thing, they built out this supercomputer setup for training their deepest neural nets. And it had a thousand CPUs, and it cost them five billion dollars or some ridiculous thing to build. And that uh, you know they were able to train this deep neural net in a week, and it was a huge thing. And that there was a group of researchers at Stanford who spent. $33,000 on three GPUs and they were able to achieve the same performance. Oh uh, so That's it can crazy. be huge, huge factors of uh, speed up enough that it basically takes architectures that are not feasible on CPUs. They can be feasible on GPUs. I want to introduce another, another thing, which is you may have heard of ASICs and uh, that's ASIC and, and you'll generally hear about those when it, it, when you're talking about Bitcoin mining, actually. So back in the really early days, you could mine for Bitcoin on your CPU. And then people found, you know what, actually, this particular thing that we're doing, solving SHA hashes, like a lot of them really, really fast. That's the method, me- mechan- That's the mathematical operation. It turns out that actually runs way, way faster on GPUs. And so all of a sudden, everyone is buying up GPUs. Uh, and, and of course, GPUs created for graphics, but much faster at solving um, SHA hashes and mining Bitcoins. And actually, this happened to the extent that certain um, 
certain GPUs actually were not available to gamers because all of the Bitcoin miners were buying up all of the GPUs from the market. It's kind of insane because there was a lot of money to be made, especially um, early on. Now it turns out it's not uh, it's not a good idea to try to mine on GPUs because they've created these ASIC things. ASIC actually stands for Application Specific Integrated Circuit. So it's it's kind of kind of um, a GPU in a way is an ASIC, but it just was it, it came a lot earlier, and so it got its own um, its own acronym. Speaking so. Uh, ASICs for Bitcoin mining, they found that they could actually make a good amount of money off of this. And so they ended up uh, putting in the investment to develop a specific integrated circuit that's even better than GPUs at solving SHA hashes. Speaking of application-specific integrated circuits, that actually brings me to the last thing that I wanted to mention, which is TPUs, which are another interesting new hotness. So this is a integrated circuit that was specifically designed by Google for neural net calculations. And so the T in TPU stands stands for tensor. Oh no way. That's the that's the um open source thing that they made with a bunch of ML tools and whatnot, right? Well, so TensorFlow is the name of their yeah, like their neural net library basically. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And but I'm sure there's a little bit of uh, you know, cross-branding going on there. But the rough idea is that, so GPUs, like we said, came originally from graphics. And so they were generalized a little bit f- to maybe be slightly, slightly more general, perhaps for neural nets. But like the point is, it was a, a graphics chip that was repurposed for neural nets once they figured out that it was really good at that. Um, TPUs, I think, are at least the first high-profile chip that was originally designed for doing machine learning on it. Um, And so they actually baked into the structure of the chip itself, uh, like the assumption that you're going to be doing things like training neural networks on it. So the, the architecture of the hardware itself is reflecting optimizations that they've made for some of the more common um, tasks that you have to do in training complex neural nets. That's really cool. So it's, a, it's an ASIC for um, machine learning. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. And so I'm obviously not an electrical engineer and can't really unpack that in tons of detail, but there's a really good, I think, uh, overview page that Google produced, you know, kind of as maybe a little bit of a sales piece, but I found it really interesting and educational about um, how they architected out these chips and what it was that they're that they're trying to achieve in them. You know, a little bit of a little bit of salesmanship about how much better they are than CPUs and GPUs, which you know might might be true. Um, I'm not saying this to uh, to undercut any of the work that that anyone on that team has done, um, but anyway. I thought it was a really interesting resource. And if that is your jam, we will attach a link to that page on lineardigressions.com. So uh, if you work a lot in neural nets, these might be things that you're all familiar with. Um, If you don't, this is maybe some of the fuss of what people are talking about. And these are some of the tools that are making it possible for these bigger and bigger uh, neural nets to be computationally feasible. 
Linear Digressions is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share or use it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. You can always get in touch with either of us. Our emails are ben at LinearDigressions.com and katie at LinearDigressions.com in case you have comments or suggestions for future shows. You can tweet us at Lynn Digressions. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.